Is it Sunday yet? Almost. Welcome into the Almost Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Derek, joined by Not Your Average Joes, Joe Belner, Joe Mason. We had another great week of football in week five. Not so great for those who lost, but great for those who had those big breakout performances in their lineups. Unfortunately, I was not one of those people. I, I strung together some wins, but uh, plenty of losses on my end as well. No Gabe Davis here. But how are we doing this week, guys? I'm feeling great. Uh, rejuvenated after missing last week's episode. I'm sure Mason's feeling the same way. But uh, Derek went Greg Jennings last week, putting the team on his back. Uh, Thankfully. He was cough- Coughing up a lung yeah. a little bit. Thankfully, <laughs> if I have any coughing fits today, I can just mute myself and not have dead air. And you can just exactly. help me and save the day. But uh, no, it's good to be back. How are you doing, Mason? Yeah, it's good to be back. I was at the Niners and Rams game uh, last Monday night. That was, that was a lot of fun. I almost didn't go because work has been so crazy. But I was like, you know what? I need a break. Let's go watch some football live. It was a lot of fun. Uh, a couple of my, of my teams, man, are struggling, though, with these injuries. It's, it's mm-hmm. tough. You know, guys like Rashad Bateman being out, guys having, you know, season-ending injuries, but that's fantasy. You're going to have to, you know, find those waiver wire pickups and keep battling. 100%. Going off that, like, uh, you just never know when something's going to change for you because I had a team where I was feeling really down in the dumps. I lost Elijah Mitchell first, and I was uh, trying to find an RB2, and then I lost Javante Williams. And, like, I was struggling going into uh, this week. And like my running backs ended up being Ramondre Stevenson, Tony Pollard ended up killing my opponent. And I have Ken Walker on my bench in this team. So like all of a sudden this team that I thought I had no running backs, I have three pretty solid guys. It's looking like, so don't give up. I'm hoping that happens for me because I have so many shares of Antonio Gibson and uh, (laughs) it's been tough watching him really not play much and Mm -hmm. uh, get out snapped by, McKinnon and he actually outsnapped Brian Robinson. I don't know if, but he just didn't outcarry him. He only had three McKissick attempts. Did? No, McKissick outsnapped all of them. Yeah. And Gibson played 32%. Robinson played 29, but he got more opportunities. And then McKissick was just out there as a blocker because they're trying to come back. Uh, he didn't really, they didn't, none of them really did anything. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm really jealous of you, Mason, because I have not gone to a live NFL football game in like at least a decade which oh, wow. is uh, embarrassing to admit, but it just hasn't come together for me. I've never even been to a regular season game at the Lincoln Financial Field. I've only gotten to go to uh, the Veterans Stadium, which uh, I've never been to Lincoln Financial Field for an actual game. Uh, I've only gone to stuff at Veterans Stadium, which if you're a Philly fan, you knew that bowl well, uh, but that has not been in use, and it's gone. It got demolished since, since like the early 2000s. So uh, we have a good show for you today. Uh, we have the week six waiver wires. Can you believe it? We're in week six. Crazy. And we have buys coming up. So the waiver wires are going to be crucial for you covering those losses at, at the buy week six. Uh, mm-hmm. but, we're, but first, we're going to talk about dogs and logs. And, and then we'll talk some dynasty. I'm going to throw the, throw the bone over to Mason. He's going to have to come up with something on the spot uh, to talk about in dynasty realm. But before we get into that, I had some thoughts that I was going over with Joe Belner earlier this week where I called it the new hotness trap and I think especially with fantasy Twitter really gaining steam throughout the industry we fall into this trap of falling over ourselves to pick up the next guy up 
and say, oh, like, what do I do? What do I do? How do I get this guy into my lineup? Sometimes the answer is you don't. If you haven't been impacted by injuries, uh, you don't have to, like, go out and get every single guy that's become available. Like, you didn't have to add Mike Boone if your roster is still completely healthy. And that's particularly true in, like, a 10-person league of your work buddies where there's really guys that are viable on the waivers the entire season. And so I was talking to Joe about it. I don't know what his thoughts are, but the, the example that I gave was Brian Robinson. He came back, really inspirational story. He had the gunshot wounds. He, came, he comes back after four weeks to play for the first time. He's a rookie. But people were like, oh, who do I drop to activate Brian Robinson off the IR? And this is directly from like the Fantasy Footballers Discord channel of somebody asking, should I drop Tony Pollard or Travis Etienne so that I can activate Brian Robinson? And people were like, oh, probably Pollard. And I'm like, nobody. You don't, you don't drop anybody for that. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it's an early return, and I don't want to dunk on it yet, but, like, the guy went nine carries for 22 yards. He just ran into the line every time. The Washington offense is bad. And then Tony Pollard, who everyone was like, oh, you should probably drop him. He had eight carries for 88 and a touchdown. And, like, he busted off a huge run that was, like, insane. He was breaking tackles. It wasn't, like, a gimme. He had mm-hmm. to earn that. And, I mean, I would much rather have Pollard and ETN at this point than Brian Robinson, who's a one-dimensional rusher. Me too. Yeah, no, I just went on I a huge think... tangent, but, like, pardon my soliloquy. I don't even know what that word means, but what I do know Shakespeare. is Shakespeare. Okay. But uh, I think like the most important thing in fantasy is really just to never get too high and never get too low. Because if you if you are like riding the wave and there's going to be a million players throughout the season where people are, like you said, the new hotness and people are going to be like, oh, this guy's going to be amazing. And if you're dropping really good players to get these players every single time, you're not going to end up with much. You're not going to like I would say one out of 15 of these players really hit. So like you said, like uh, I had someone on Twitter that was asking me, like, should I activate Brian Robinson and drop Ken Walker? <laughs> and, you know, you're not sure that Rashad Penny's going to be like at the time, you don't know if Rashad Penny's going to be out for the year like he did when he hurt his foot. But if you have a guy that has a lot of potential on your bench and you could just stash this guy on IR for another week and see how he's doing, I don't I don't see the purpose in it. So, and I agree with you that uh, sometimes it's just better to be patient and uh, ride the course. Mason just silent. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm doing my uh, getting ready Too many for my tangents. dynasty drop in over here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like, let's move on. Let's talk about week five dogs and logs because we had plenty on both ends of the spectrum. So let's get started off with Belner. Give us your first dog of the week. Yeah, so my first dog that I want to talk about, uh, we're on a two-game winning streak, the New York Jets, and I want to talk about Brees Hall. So uh, Brees Hall came into week five leading all running backs in um, targets, and he only saw two this past week. But what he did is he turned it into two catches for 100 yards. I don't know if you were watching the game, but one of the plays, he, he just could not be tackled. He, he, he looks like he's going to be unbelievable. He reminds me of Saquon Barkley a lot, the way that he runs. And um, he had 18 carries to go with it for 97 rushing yards. In the last two weeks, he's gotten 17 carries and then 18 carries a game. So that's like extremely elite. That's RB1 numbers. And uh, another thing you noticed if you're watching the game is Michael Carter came in and he vultured two touchdowns uh, this past week. So 
I don't think that Carter's really going to affect him uh, the way that some other uh, snap goblin committee running backs uh, do so. Because you've seen his snap count over 65% the last two weeks, Brees Hall. And um, I just think that they know that Brees Hall brings a lot more to the table than Michael Carter. He could do so much more. He's a bigger guy. Um, the only thing that I'm a little cautious of is I was looking at the schedule before the bye week and you get Green Bay, Denver, New England, and Buffalo. So those are really good rushing defenses. So it's going to be a really, really good test to see how good uh, this running back, this rookie running back phenom is. But uh, I'm extremely excited. I tried trading for him going into this week and I failed. And uh, I think if you're trying to trade for him now, it's far too late. So miss the buy window, right? Exactly. All right, so I'm going to talk about my first dog, and it's kind of a package deal, but that is Geno Smith, quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, along with his wide receiver, Tyler Lockett. Uh, now, Lockett. yeah, and I mean, I don't think any of us really saw this coming coming into the season. I mean, there was still ambiguity about who was even going to start for the Seahawks, whether it's going to be Geno Smith or Drew Locke. And mm -hmm. so to see Geno Smith, currently the QB6 in four-point uh, passing touchdowns, Pending Monday's results, presumably like Mahomes is probably going to pass him. Um, if he's, I didn't check if he's already ahead of him. I doubt, I doubt it. But anyway, Geno Smith have a day. Mm -hmm. I mean, they lost the game, but he still tore it up. His percentage of uh, completion rate is so good. He's throwing it deep. He's throwing it to Lockett. He's throwing it to Metcalf. And I think, I mean, even if you're not in on Geno Smith being a full season like quarterback option in fantasy. What he has done is give us confidence in the passer, uh, catchers for the Seahawks. Um, because, I mean, coming into Monday night, Lockett is wide receiver 7 and Metcalf is wide receiver 21. And that's five weeks into the season. That's just, I mean, it's still a small sample size, but we're pushing half a season at this point. I mean, how much longer do we need to wait before we're confident in saying Lockett and Metcalf are starts every week? And we didn't really feel that way coming in. And so... This week's dog for me, the first one, is Geno Smith. You know, they talked about him on the footballers, about how, like, how bad their defense is, just kind of fantasy gold for Geno, right? Because he's mm -hmm. just going to get to throw the ball more, too. But, man, if you if you got him in, like, a super flex league, there's a couple leagues I, I drafted him with, like, my last pick before, you know, they made a QB decision, and I'm super happy I got Geno as my quarterback, too. Yeah, like, if you got okay. him in Scott Fishbowl, you're probably oh, dominating because his per his pass percentage is the highest, yeah. which means he's getting positive points from that on top of the touchdowns he's throwing and the yardage, and he's not really turning it over much. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it sure beats the heck out of the quarterbacks that I'm left with in that league, which is I started Teddy Bridgewater and Marcus Mariota this week. Somehow Teddy. managed to win, and I'm probably going to beat the median too. We'll see, but... I might go 2-0 with Teddy Bridgewater putting up negative one. I'm kind of wondering with Geno if we're going to get a week real soon that we've seen like yeah. uh, this past week from Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Carson Wentz destruction when he was hot the first two weeks. So uh, I'm very I'm, – I'm skeptically optimistic about Geno because we've just seen him be a dumpster fire some games, and he just he's been really, really good this season. So – I just think that if I were to ever stream him as quarterback, it would be that week. I'd be yeah. too nervous. 
Yeah, that's a good point because you might as well ride the wave while it lasts, but it might not last forever because mm-hmm. now all of a sudden Wentz might lose his job after doing really well the first couple weeks. People were adding him on the waivers. If we think about last year, we had, I mean, Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold were like top five options after the first four weeks. And we know that that didn't continue. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's right to be a little bit skeptical on how long Geno Smith can pull this off. But if you got it, start it for now until proven otherwise. All right. What, what do you got? You, Mason, what we Mason got who's dog? your dog? Yeah, my dog this week. And I've been a big fan of Josh Allen ever since he was drafted by the Bills. But uh, yeah, Josh Allen, what a performance he put up. He threw for 424 yards and four passing touchdowns and still managed to have five carries for 42 yards. Um, he's just been a stud all around uh, this season. And so far, uh, Graham Barfield actually tweeted this out. Uh, this morning, but he said most fantasy points per game by a quarterback in weeks one to five. Josh Allen this season comes up number four on the list, only behind uh, Peyton Manning in 2013, Dante Culpepper 2004, and Russell Wilson in 2020. So it's pretty pretty impressive what Josh Allen has done through, through five weeks, and it's crazy that through five weeks he's actually been rested in the fourth quarter twice already mm-hmm. because they've just been destroying their opponents. So uh, you know he's pretty much. you know the favorite to go get the mvp this season um and rightfully so the bills look awesome get like 300 yards at halftime or something right yeah it's it's insane um it's just a fantasy cheat code too with his rushing ability so it's funny you picked him as your dog because uh i was texting my buddy pete the other day and he was i actually yesterday couldn't be the other day because the game was yesterday but uh yeah i was texting him about gabe davis because he had him on his team we were just talking about how he's kind of become like the ultimate Mike Williams of boom and bust. Like you can't really sit him because if you, a lot of people probably had him on uh, their bench after some of uh, the bad games and they missed those two killer touchdowns. So, and I was just sitting there like, I am glad I don't have Gabe Davis and I just have Josh Allen on a team because you get the touchdowns anyway. Yep. So yeah, no, Josh Allen is a cheat code. Yeah, he's awesome. Sorry, just to digress for a second. I went back to verify what I had said. And uh, through week four of last year, the top six quarterbacks were Mahomes, Murray, Hertz, Brady, then Darnold, and Daniel Jones. Let's yeah, go. Darnold Josh Allen, Josh Allen was QB seven and only had one top 12 week through four weeks. <laughs> wow. So I wish Darnold was good to play this week. <laughs> and Darnold, through four weeks, Darnold had two top five weeks. Allen only had one. And Jones had one top five and one top 12. And Allen only had that one top five. So I guess the moral of the story is don't get too excited about Geno Smith, but so far so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and if me. you have DK and Lockett, you're just real happy. Yeah. That's, that's more important. Who's your other dog this week, Belner? So I want to talk about Ramondre Stevenson, a.k.a. Ramondre the Giant. So uh, he exploded in week five. We were waiting for it. But uh, he had 25 carries finally um, for 161 yards. And uh, Damian Harris went down with a hamstring injury, which led to Ramondre being on the uh, field for 90% of snaps. Um, Even without the injury, you look at his carries per game uh, through the first uh, couple weeks of the season, you got eight, nine, 12, 14, and then 25. 
And uh, I know I know what you're thinking with Ramondre. He's not going to play the Lions every week because that rushing defense is awful. Everybody goes off against the Lions defense. But I looked into his schedule, and um, in terms of rushing defenses, you get Cleveland, Chicago, the Jets, Colts, bye week, Jets, and then Vikings. So, you know, Damian Harris, maybe he misses a game. Um, I'm not sure how severe the hamstring injury is, but if they were to give him the keys, I don't think that he's going to look back. Um, their offense looks pretty competent with Bailey Zapp. Uh, I don't know if Mac Jones is going to be coming back. I don't think it really matters because they have an excellent offensive line, uh, some of the best coaching in the league. So I'm really, really excited about Ramondre Stevenson. And it wouldn't surprise me if he puts up like, you know, top 12 to 15 running back numbers for the rest of the season. So, uh, yeah, he, he was definitely – possibly the number one player I was most impressed with um, this past week. And he finished, I, I think, as the RB13 on the week. So and we had a lot of really good performances. 161 rushing yards. Yeah, add a touchdown to that. <laughs> wow. I wish. So Bill Belichick, they asked him after the game uh, how much confidence he had on Ramondre Stevenson as a three-down back. He said, as much confidence as you could possibly have. There we go. That, that's like the music, most music to our ears that gives it that's a lot for belichick to say yeah he's <laughs> like what do uh, they say? simon cowell yeah they asked him about the injury to mac jones what do you say i'm not a doctor <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah all right so my my second dog this week is diami brown i'm just kidding uh he is on my dynasty taxi squad but that's that's where he's going to stay i'm not even going to activate him because that's how much confidence i have in him that this is more than just a one-hit wonder. Dotson's mm-hmm. going to come back at some point. I mean, God bless him. He got to prove uh, – wait, why? Oh, Amon Ross St. Brown wrong a little bit. Yeah. Because after ARSB threw him under the bus saying, oh, I didn't see him play much. He was on the sideline. Well, the not playing much thing kind of still rings true because he was only on the field for 32% of the snaps. Uh, according to Next Gen Stats, which I got from J.J. Zacharyson, uh, he only ran the sixth most routes on the team this week. So, I mean, he got two long bomb touchdowns. Can't rely on that. The volume was not there. And so while I do commend Diami Brown on having a good game, I think he's going to fall back under the radar again, much like O.J. Howard did after week one, much like Dante Pettis did after week one, all these retreads just getting action. Um, so my actual dog is Jacoby Myers, who also on the Patriots, same team as Ramondre Stevenson, had a really good game, which proved that he's kind of QB proof and a, a solid option as a wide receiver three flex or even a wide receiver two option if you really went running back heavy or you're facing some injuries. Unfortunately, I didn't really start him anywhere because I didn't have confidence uh, in the fact that he had practiced for two weeks leading up to this week and mm-hmm. didn't play. And then finally, he is going to play. Like, how am I supposed to know that he's going to put up seven receptions for over 100 yards on the day? So instead, I uh, foolishly played Devontae Parker in a few lineups over Jacoby Myers, thinking, okay, Parker's been on the field over 90% of the snaps, is getting targeted by all the quarterbacks that have played. He had zero. And so, I mean, positive, I still have Jacoby Myers to play next week. Negative, I got zero and lost those matchups. But good for Jacoby Myers. He scored a touchdown, um, which is huge because that dude does not score touchdowns. So mm-hmm. maybe this is a sign of things to come. I like it. And you know, I set Jacoby Myers also. I got lucky, and uh, I was going up 
into last night's game up 10 facing T Higgins. And I thought I was very much doomed, but I got lucky with that. But uh, remind me, Jacoby Myers will be in my lineup moving forward. I had no faith in that, Joe. Plus, I was facing Joe Burrow in a matchup. I was up by 15, and I had T Higgins, and he had Joe Burrow. And you know how that went. Uh, Higgins had zero. (laughs) And I would have won still if Joe Burrow didn't get the sneak for the touchdown. uh, Yeah, that's annoying. All right. That was, was your last guy, Mason. Too. Yeah, we're talking about the Bengals. My last guy is Hayden Hurst. Uh, I've always been a big fan of Hayden Hurst, but, you know, he got beat out, obviously, by the Mandrews, Mark Andrews in, in Baltimore. Uh, and he, he's kind of stepped up when, you know, two Higgins has been hurt, which he's missed, you know, half of basically two games so far this season. Um, but Hurst put up, you know, seven targets. Uh, he had six catches for 53 yards in that touchdown. Uh, and half point scoring, that's good for 14 points. So, um, you know, it's, it's promising with the fact that I think T Higgins should probably sit out next week because if he wasn't able to play in that game, it sounded like he wanted to. Zach Taylor was like, nah, you're, mm-hmm. you're not playing. Um, you know, he's interesting. I think you can definitely start him going forward along with, you know, like Tyler Boyd and, and Jamar Chase if T Higgins misses any time. Um, but yeah, I liked what I saw from him and I'm, I was always a big believer. I got him in a couple dynasty teams this offseason, traded for him for dirt cheap, right? Just thought he would end up somewhere better. So I'm happy for Hayden Hurst. Me too. I was one of those guys when he went to Atlanta that uh, thought he was going to really break out yeah. and I was let down yeah. big time. But no, nah, I, I love what I'm seeing. Uh, it must be the orange on orange with the <laughs> Bengals. Yeah. Yeah, no, he looks great. All right, here's your logs. Let's move on. We talked about the dogs. Now we got people who disappointed across the board. Let's get into it. Talk logs, Beldner. What do you got? All right. This guy clogs the toilet every single week. <laughs> we have Allen Robinson, the second. Um, yeah, this week he put up uh, – he, he got five targets, three catches for a whopping 12 yards. And uh, if, you're, if you're watching that game, uh, the Cowboys were just all over Stafford. I think they got five sacks, but he was under pressure almost every single play. Um, on the season, Allen Robinson has 107 yards which is pretty much a modest game for Cooper Cup. And, uh, you know, Higby's <laughs> getting like nine and a half targets a game. Um, and Stafford's just look pretty awful, even even without, uh, like, a cl- when he has a clean pocket, he, he just doesn't look like himself. And uh, I think while this offense is this bad, there's really no point in starting Allen Robinson. If uh, my opponent's starting him in their flex spot, I'm, like, ecstatic because usually it's going to be, like, two to four points. So in shallow leagues, I'd be okay pretty much dropping him. Um, I know it's a tough pill to swallow because you drafted him really high if you have him on your team, but uh, I just don't think that the offense is good enough to sustain uh, usage for him to be on your team much longer. So, uh, yeah, he's my, he's my big stinky log of the week. That's a solid one. It's a real hard one to, to get out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Alan Robinson. You at some Benz, point you just got to flush it Ben Stronic has a higher target share than him isn't that yeah outrageous? I mean it is the question was like oh who's gonna who's gonna fill in for the Robert Woods role and the answer was also Cooper Cup literally <laughs> Cooper Cup has the Cooper Cup role and Cooper Cup has the Robert Woods role and like the Higby has I don't even know I guess Higby kind of has the Woods role as second 
He gets but, like 10 plus targets a game. Like I think it was 14 and then 10 the last two weeks. Maybe. I mean, free 2-2 Atwell. True. He had a 54-yard catch. Mm. <laughs> Isn't What is that? What did you? How many yards does Allen Robinson have this year? 107. Okay, so 2-2 had half of Allen Robinson's season total in one catch yesterday. Wow. So, I mean, I mean, that just means that he should be more involved, right? <laughs> they should put just... Allen Robinson on the Bears. <laughs> Nothing would change. Nothing would change. Yeah, who could use a really uh, solid wide receiver right now? The Chicago Bears. Yeah. Maybe they that should get they him. could throw it 10 times a, 10 like, times a game. They just to, activated no the kill Harry off IR. They're good to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there we go. All right, so uh, I've got two logs that I want to talk about briefly today. The first one is someone I don't think many people have talked about at all this season, and it's because he's basically had a log every single week, and that's Mike Gesicki. Uh This dude signed a franchise tag tender and is getting paid as one of the top five tight ends of the league, and he's playing like 40 to 50% of the snaps. And so... That's I wanted to bring him up because I was totally wrong on Mike Kosicki's role. I thought that having better weapons around him would open up the field for him more. That has just not been the case. He's not a good blocker, and so when he's on the field, he's running routes or whatever, but the the guy has done nothing. And, I mean, Durham Smythe outscored him this week on one catch and one carry and a touchdown, and that's not getting the job done. If you pick this guy in the late rounds – hoping that he was going to be like a top 12 return on tight end. You hopefully dropped him like three weeks ago. But I've been disappointed in his performance because I think Mike Kosicki's pretty good. I mean, as a receiving tight end. And at mm-hmm. some point next year, I'm looking ahead to next year, and I'm holding him in dynasty and everything because he's 27. He's coming off a franchise tag tender. He didn't perform well, but I think he'll get an opportunity on a team to do well because he is good in an offense that needs him, but right now they don't need him. And so he's the odd man out. The other guy I wanted to talk about was, I'm going to use an analogy here. You got a rabbit, right? Every time a rabbit poops, it's just a little bit. But eventually that adds up if you're not cleaning it up. And right now that's Terry McLaurin on the Washington Mm. Commanders. We haven't talked about him as really busting at any point this year because he's had like 10 every week. But you drafted him in the fourth round, and he's done absolutely nothing to help you win. And that's not what you need from a guy you picked to be like a wide receiver two. And if you went really heavy on running back and maybe get got a tight end, you picked him as like a wide receiver one. And he's been outperformed by first Jahan Dotson, then this week Diami Brown. And so like he put up 70 yards or something this week, which is fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But... In terms of logs, he's a rabbit poop right now. It's building up until we're just going to have a pile of rabbit poop. And at some point, you're going to realize that you were totally wasted a pick on Terry McLaurin, and we're getting there. It's very fitting for a log, the <laughs> rabbit poop analogy. I just watched Donnie Darko this weekend. So you, you it's said piling rabbit, up. And, uh, my ears popped up. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's not looking good for Terry, and that was a smash matchup this week. And uh, a lot of people thought he was going to have a huge game, so – um, I would be, yeah, just kind of meh if he was on my team. So you know what you're getting from him. Yeah. One thing I'll say, and I apologize. I don't know who, who tweeted this out today, but it sounds like all the receivers on, on the Washington commanders have a top 24 week, except for Terry McLaurin. So Donnie Brown does, uh, Curtis Samuel has a multiple 
and Jahan Dodson has one or two. I can't remember. So it's pretty it's pretty crazy for Terry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, I like your Mike Gusecki take there, Derek. You know, I think he was lining up as a wide receiver a lot before uh, you know the McDaniel scheme came in, and he's mainly lining up as a tight end now. He's just not getting out there running as many routes, and like you said can't really block that well right so they're going to use the other tight ends around him yeah i mean i guess i was hoping that maybe they use him like george kittle but he certainly can't block like kittle so he's not going to do that i had a dream that uh he went to kansas city to replace kelsey (laughs) so i would love that yeah i've been interested in him like getting the addition of him uh in dynasty because like you said i think he really is pretty he's an awesome athlete and uh he has great hands right i mean in our startup this summer i picked him to be my tight end one and that was in like july Mm. i mean now Ertz is and conklin's overtaking him as my second tight end but i mean like gasicki's been a huge disappointment from a dynasty standpoint yeah and he needs out for sure yeah go trade for him it's good that's a good dynasty tip Mm mm-hmm you're up, Mason. All right. Uh, I was going to talk to Higgins. We kind of talked about him before with Hayden Hurst. Uh, so I'm going to talk about Chase Edmonds. Man, Oof. I was really into Chase Edmonds. Uh, you know, he's going in like the eighth round. Everybody was talking about how efficient he was. He was stoked for the zone run scheme for the Dolphins. And just Mozart's done so good, you know. So why, why uh, you know, change something that's not broken, right? So, but man, Edmonds, he only played – 15% of the snaps yesterday. He had two targets, did not catch either of them, and had one rushing attempt for one yard. So it's rough. Uh, you just got to hold on to him if 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 you got him. I think there's an opportunity there if Mostert, something ever happens to Mostert. But, mm-hmm. yeah, he's just really smelling like poo-poo right now. <laughs> it's true. It's like Miles Gaskin all over again last year. Yeah. Everyone was pretty excited about Gaskin, and we know how that ended up. Yeah, but, but, but uh, he had at least had a good week every other week. Edmonds true. hasn't really – he has one game. Yeah, he only has the touchdowns too. All of his produ- – he's like CEH, but not on the Chiefs. But, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's kind of like the Ken Walker situation. Uh, I know we're going to talk about that when we get into the waiver wire, but Mostert has a history of getting hurt, just like we saw with Rashad Penny. And if that were to happen, Chase Edmonds would – the, uh, the starting running back of a pretty good offense. Um, so, yeah, if I have him on my team, I'm just holding him. But I'm not starting him. Speaking of waiver wires, you want to get into it? Yeah, so I kind of just transitioned into it. But Ken Walker the third is, if he's on your waivers, I, I don't have him on uh, any of my waiver wire uh, in, in any league, but he would be the number one. Um, for those of you that don't know much about him, he's – Rookie running back coming out of Michigan State. Um, he got the opportunity that we've been waiting for because of uh, the foot injury to Rashad Penny, but he had eight carries for 88 yards and a touchdown, including a huge runaway play. Um, he showcased his speed. He actually runs a 4.3840, which is very, very elite speed. And um, he's a powerful runner. He's like 5'9, 210. So he's kind of like a stocky guy. He's not too tall, but. Um, in 300 touches in 2021 uh, with Michigan State, he only had one fumble. So that's something you kind of get nervous about with young players, and uh, that's something that you shouldn't really worry about with him. Um, if there's one concern that I do have with him, he saw no targets last week. Um, at Michigan State, 
he didn't really profile as a pass catcher. If you go back to his high school film um, and just what they've talked about with him over the summer, he, he's very capable um, catching the ball. And I think he could be utilized there, but they have like DJ Dallas. Uh, I know Travis Homer's hurt, but I want to see how they treat third down because a lot of rookies uh, struggle in pass protection. And if they do have concerns with him on passing downs, then that will limit his ceiling. But uh, I love the schedule moving forward. And uh, he gets Arizona, I believe, this upcoming week. And Arizona's defense is really crappy, but they actually have a pretty decent uh, rushing defense. So it's, it's going to be a little bit of a test. But uh, if you have him on your team, I would start him right away and uh, be very, very excited about it. Are you, uh, are you dropping all your fab on him, Joe? Like, if, would you spend 100, like, all your fab on him if he's on the way I would spend 101 <laughs> if he was available, for sure. With the way that running back is right now and all these injuries that are piling up, yeah, 100% of fab. I'm not that ambitious. I can never spend 100 fab on anybody. Well, I mean, it's unlikely that you even have 100 fab at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, but, I mean, I would spend, like, most – I would leave, like, $6. Okay. Whatever you have left, bid everything except like six dollars. You never know Ken when Walker you're gonna. Over Derek. I always save something for a, a cloudy, rain, rainy day when it comes to my fab, because you never know what's gonna happen. I mean, like crazier things have happened, and you can always you always need kind of that one dollar to make sure that you outbid the other person in your league that has zero left. So I always save something in the bank. Um, but one of the guys, I mean. Like you said, Ken Walker in most competitive leagues is going to be owned already. Um, and so some of the other guys that you might be looking at, uh, you might be looking at DJ Dallas, to be honest. And he's on like 0% of, of rosters. So if you have a space and you had to add somebody to IR, if you had Penny and Walker's already on another team, DJ Dallas isn't a bad speculative ad. I wouldn't mm -hmm. break the bank open for him. It's, uh, like it's kind of like a Mike Boone situation. Yeah. Um but he's he's shown flashes in the past. I mean, Mike Boone really didn't. Like, DJ Dallas has had games where he spot started that he put up, like, a top 12 week. So, I mean, the guy seems like he's been in the league for, like, seven years, but he's only 24. I looked that up today. So he's still a young guy, still has potential. And so if, God forbid, anything ever happened to Ken Walker, then all of a sudden DJ Dallas is literally the last man standing. Um, and so... Uh, DJ Dallas is somebody I'm looking at for the waivers this week if I'm really in a pinch. Uh, other guys that might be available, Eno Benjamin, James Conner got banged up in that Eagles game, didn't get really reported widely, but he had to leave. Uh, so Eno, Eno Benjamin has that pass-catching role right now. Uh, Rashad White is an ad. You saw what Leonard Fournette did. If Leonard Fournette is the next, I mean, I don't want to wish injuries on anybody, and that's not what I'm doing, but you got to be playing the probability. If Fournette went down, Rashad White is going to smash. Uh, other guys, Joshua Kelly, I'm not really into him because he hasn't done anything when he had the opportunity. Um, and then you just got bottom-of-the-barrel guys like Tevin Coleman, who I, mean, <laughs> I, I was shocked. I was watching that game I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> when he scored a touchdown, I was like, wait, what? Tevin Coleman? When did I miss that, that he's back on the Niners? Uh, Jalen Warren's the backup for Najee Harris, but a lot of people stashed him too, believe it or not. Um, but who are guys that you see on the waivers in a lot of leagues, uh, Joe Mason? Yeah, I was going to say, I like your DJ Dallas take. I think, like, if you're a guy who spent a lot of fab on, like, Jeff Wilson, right? 
like and you want to add someone for zero dollars go go add dj dallas right um, right but yeah i needed you know i, I kind of went like late tight end in one of my leagues and i ended up taking hunter henry and didn't do very well oh, man. so i added daniel bellinger the other day and then he's been doing pretty solid for me for three weeks and then i also picked up kate Otten to start in another league where i needed to tight end and i mean since since uh you know cameron braid's gotten hurt kate odd's been pretty solid for you especially in like tight end premium if you play in one of those leagues but he, yeah. he went six he had six catches for 43 yards pretty solid and to have a guy like tom brady kind of trust you right out the gate is pretty impressive for a rookie i opinion. mean we also failed to mention that tj hawkinson was terrible this week i know and so i mean it just underscores how volatile the position is where if you can get seven or eight points, you're doing way better than a lot of teams. I was looking at the leaderboards. I'm assuming, assuming that uh, Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller outscore these guys. But like the top 12 right now in half PPR, Durham Smythe was number 12, and he had one catch for one yard and one carry for a touchdown, for one yard, and he was in the top 12. See, that's wild. That's just yeah. So I mean. You can do a lot worse than getting Kate Otten and just streaming him and just hoping for the best, hope that he falls in the end zone. Because that position is just jacked right now. I mean, you have some guys that are injured. Like, I mean, Logan Thomas has disappointed. Dawson Knox has disappointed. Cole Komet has disappointed. Like, the list just goes on and on and on and on. And those are, like, lower-end guys already. George Kittle's disappointed. Yeah, I know. I had a team where I just needed a tight end. I had no fan. I traded a first and a second for Kittle, thinking I would be like locking that up, and it's it's been rough. I think I'm like one and four through through uh, five weeks, which just kind of talks about like earlier how I said some of my teams have been struggling. Like I have teams that are so good on paper at the beginning of the season, and then injuries happen, and just the timing of their scores by week is just off. So uh, yeah, it's been a little tough. Yeah, man. I mean, looking at the top thirty and half PPR this week at tight end. The 30th tight end only had 2.5 points. Wow. <laughs> on, on sleeper half PBR, Dan Arnold was tight end 30, and he had one catch for 20 yards. <laughs> to put that in perspective, the wide receiver 30 had 9.4. Yeah. And that was Chris Godwin. And yeah, running, really I mean, running back killed it. He had, uh, I mean, 30 was 10. Mm -hmm. Ezekiel Elliott had 10. And that's before the Monday night game. So, like, these guys, I mean, 2.5 is more than than Hawkinson had. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just need a guy to catch a touchdown, right? To, like, yeah. not hurt, not kill your team. Like, you just need right. to get one catch for a touchdown. Good. I mean, but like, 11.8 was top five with David Njoku. The wow. tight end is just a mess. Yeah, it's terrible. You need to get – that's why, like, I'm okay – Drafting Kelsey in the second round, even right. next year. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't care how old he is. He's <laughs> so valuable. <laughs> Good God. All right, so let's talk a little Dynasty, Mason. We we did lose Belner. He had to go, but uh, just you and me now. Let's talk Dynasty. What do you got for us? Yeah, I wrote an article a couple of years ago um, talking about, like, what position you want to build your Dynasty team around, whether it's PPR or Superflex. Um so for PPR, one good tip I had was you want to target players that are obviously in good situations. Um, 
whether they're, you know, so obviously receivers catch the ball mainly, but running backs, right? Running backs do catch the ball sometimes. Uh, guys like Eckler, um, you know, James Robinson gets a lot of targets too. Then he had that one really good year. Um, Christian McCaffrey, guys like that. So looking at that 2020 season, I know this is a little outdated, but uh, the point in PPR formats, um, the point per target for the entire season was 1.7. Um, if you compare that to a point per rush attempt, it's only 0.6. So it's a 1.1 higher for players that, you know, when you value targets versus rushes, um, just mainly because, you know, you get that free point when they catch the ball, right? Um, and then, you know, looking at, uh, so first off, why I think wide receivers are the most important position to build your team around in PPR is they don't get as injured as running backs and they're more consistent than tight ends like Derek and I have been talking about. Um, looking at the top 100 PPR scores uh, from 2020, the wide receiver 12 finished at 35 compared to the running back 12 finished at 58. So there's just a little more, you know, variance spread out for running backs. Um, they don't, just don't score as much as wide receivers do. Um, so I thought that was interesting. So one of the big things I do with Dynasty I draft, um, I trade for really good wide receivers and I draft running backs because I usually try to flip them when they, they get to their peak. Um, just because as you've seen this season, right? Injuries galore for, for mostly running backs so far. That's a, that's a good point. I think uh, what I've been thinking about a lot lately is kind of what the ideal scoring system is. And I think that's one thing that we don't talk enough about when you're like creating a dynasty is establishing a scoring system that is going to be like the most balanced because really in dynasty once you have the scoring system you can't change it no, because people yeah. draft their teams for that scoring system right if it's tight end premium you can't take away tight end premium because people will probably overdraft the tight ends if it's super flex you definitely can't unsuper flex it because right. people took quarterbacks in like the first two rounds probably if not like their first three to four rounds um, but what I've really started to like and buy into is the idea that you give some point, like some uh, percentage point per rush attempt, because mm-hmm. uh, I think that really balances things out. So, for example, like, a, in, like the megalobol, yeah, in the megalobol scoring, which is run by the fantasy footballers, uh, you get point one per rush attempt, um, which equates to if you get twenty rushes, then that's an extra two points. That's four receptions. So it really levels the playing field for ground and pound guys like Derrick Henry, where he's going to get 20 rush attempts versus a guy like, I mean, J.D. McKissick might have, five, might have four receptions, and that is canceled out by the 20 rushing attempts that Derrick Henry got that he usually wouldn't get any points for in a regular non-point-per-rush attempt league. And so... Um, while you're thinking ahead to next year, I know we're only week five of, of uh, this 22-22 season. Like, if you're creating a dynasty, I would really uh, encourage you to consider adding some, some kind of point bonus per rush attempt. What I don't like, though, about the megalobo scoring is the point one per completion because I yeah. think it really puts a huge surplus and bonus on passing quarterbacks that we really don't need. Yeah. Cause I mean, I mean, let's, 
let's think about it. I mean, in real life football, a guy who gets a ton of rushing attempts, he's probably being successful. If you uh, throw it 50 times and complete 30 attempts, but you're just in garbage time the whole time, do you really deserve an extra three points? I don't really think so. Yeah, to go off your rushing one, though, I like it because if your quarterback at the end of the game is a QB kneel, it bets out to zero, right? Because they lose a yard. Yeah, that's actually that's a really good point because I hate that. Yeah, I've lost a, a game before because Kyler Murray took a, a kneel from the In shotgun. the shotgun, right? Yep. Yeah. So, so you still would have lost points there. Yeah. Because <laughs> he lost like three yards or something or four. Right, yeah. And so you would lose less, but – Goodness gracious. Yeah, that's a good point. Canceling out those those negative plays that the quarterback gets the kneel on is a good point. Um, but I will say, if you're going to have the .1 per completion, I think you should have long touchdown bonuses. Because if a guy has a long touchdown, then he's only going to get the one completion. Mm-hmm. But if you give him a bonus because it was a touchdown and a splash play, then that kind of balances out the guys who just dink and dunk down the field and just accumulate 10, 10 completions on a drive and then cap it off with a touchdown. Well, give the guy two or three points for throwing a 50-yard bomb. Cancels it out. Right. No, we're agree. getting in the weeds here, but that's all I could really think about as we're, we're kind of hitting the dead zone of dynasty where the, the trades are going to slow down. People are kind of seeing what they're going to see with their teams. They don't really want to make moves because they're deciding whether they're going to try to contend right now. The yeah. guys that want to trade first-round picks already traded them. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think it's too early to like sell out on your team. Like I have a couple teams that I thought were going to be good, and I think I'm like one in seven or one in nine with the you know the median or two and eight or something. But you got to wait till week eight. You got to give your team some time to start bouncing back. You know, I have a couple teams with Keenan Allen out. You know, he'll come back. I got DeAndre Hopkins coming back from suspension. See what your team give your give your team a chance, and you're going to get more for these guys at the trade deadline when those teams are like, "All right, I lost another guy to injury, or yeah. I want to solidify my team for the playoffs. Go for it." Yeah, you'll get more closer to the trade deadline than you will right now. How are you feeling about your dynasty team with me, though? You're two and six. I know. Well, I think I'm going to win today. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm pretty much fifty fifty with Aaron. I forget who he has. Oh, he has Mahomes. I think I'm up by 30, and I'm nervous about it. Mahomes <laughs> is going to eat against the Raiders. So, because uh, you're going to beat the median, though, so you'll you'll be at least three and seven, so maybe four and six. Yeah, that's so, big. That's big. Fingers crossed. Yeah, because I'm going to be, I'm going to be six and four after this week. I did. I'm going to win, presumably, unless um, unless Mac Holland somehow scores like 50 points. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, but I should win, but I'm not, I'm going to lose to the median because other people are going to catch up right now. I'm above it, but I'm like the sixth. And so yeah. people are going to pass me. And, uh, How do you like I don't know. Medium, I'm right? going to get Hopkins back though from suspension and I need oh, yeah. it because my receivers are down and out. Dotson is out. Burks is on IR. Landry's been out. Julio's been out. All my like depth guys and veterans are just out. And so I'm just stuck starting Devonte Parker yesterday. I mean, I guess I could have started 2-2 at well. He scored more than Devontae Parker. You know, I'll take Burks off your hands. We can talk trade. Oh, no. I mean, I want him back. But I, I, I guess I'll just be starting Ben Skoranek because he's uh, yeah. getting targets. More targets than A-Rob. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's going to finish it out here unless you got anything uh, wise to add to the show, Mason. 
No, I like what we covered today. Um, you know, like I said, just just give your team till week eight, redraft your dynasty before you really know what they are. You know, it takes it takes some time. And uh, I've seen someone start one and five and turn it around and make the playoffs. So anything's possible. It's fantasy football. <laughs> yeah, good luck though, because if you're <laughs> if you're one and five or one and four, then you probably had plenty of injuries. If you're if you've been healthy. And you're one and four. I would actually be more worried, yeah, <laughs> because that means you just pick some bad teams. But anyway, yeah, thanks for yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say just yeah, mix it up, make a trade. You know, get a little yeah. get a little uh, a ballsy and see what you know, see what you can do to to mix it up. I stashed Aaron Rodgers as a, a QB two, and I have not been able to get anything for him. Mm. The offers I've been getting are just trash, but yeah. I'm gonna keep trying. He's not really doing me any favors. <laughs> but he's Jalen Hurts insurance right now because that guy, every time he yeah. rushes, I'm like, don't get hit too hard. Well, the Eagles are on a bye, I think, week seven, right? Or week six, I can't remember. Yeah, seven. They play seven. the Cowboys, and then they're off for a week. Yeah, so yeah. just wait for that blow-up week. Aaron Rodgers is going to have that four-touchdown game eventually, and that's when people are going to be like, okay, I think I want him now. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to get on like because the name recognition, but apparently yeah. there's just negative name recognition for Aaron Rodgers now. <laughs> yeah, All righty, well – Thanks for listening again to the Almost Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast. If you made it this far, we appreciate you. Uh, the few, the proud, the, always, the Almost Sunday Fantasy Football listeners. And uh, we'll see you next week. Have a good week. Good luck.